is our fourth year, we've been always doing a message series on relationships, especially talking about marriage and understanding about relationships and what is God's perspective for us, not just as married folk, but also as single folk and what we need to do when we're single to prepare ourselves for marriage. And then once we're married, how to keep our marriage. Amen? Because married folk, we know marriage is not easy. Amen? Let the marriage people say amen. Praise the Lord. And single folk, we know being single ain't easy. Let the single folk say amen. All right, I got one. Can someone else be honest? Single folk, we know it ain't easy to say amen. All right. I heard a brother in there that time. All right. Amen. So we're going to learn how to go all the way and do it in God's way. Just a quick side note, Pastor Verna, as she was giving the announcement, she was talking basically about the, um, our, um, basically you can search for us on your iDevice, iPad, iPhone, iPod Touch. But something we're doing that has never been done before, amen, the Gathering Church is going to have their own application, their own app. Yeah. Yeah. So when you go to the iTunes store, and, and, and I'll give you all the, all the well, bells and whistles that's being created while we're speaking, but I'll give you all that information. But this is going to be a great evangelistic tool to share with people that you might know in the workplace, your neighbors. Everybody, people got iPhone, iPod, Touch, I, iPad, I, all, the, all the different iDevices all around the globe, and they have access to the iTunes store. Amen. And so they'll be able to download the app. The app is going to be called The Gathering. How, 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 how beautiful is that? And when you download, it'll have our logo, our G, right there on your device. And you'll be able, amen, to listen to the messages. And once we begin to do our live worship services that we're shooting to do, amen, they can also click on that app and see our worship services live whenever we do our live events. Amen. So it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. Android users. Don't feel left out. That's coming soon. Okay? It's coming soon. I'm an Android user. I'm both. So I get the best of both worlds. But um, if you have even a regular cell phone that, that's web capable, you'll be able in the future to log on to our website and be able to get all the resources right on the go. Amen? So you don't have to sit and, and, and burn a CD and wait for the podcast and all these different type of things. But you can get it on the go. Because sometimes we need a word on the go. Amen? And so we're looking forward to seeing the great things that God is doing. I, believe, I am a stickler for technology and using technology to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what a great opportunity. You know, in the beginning I was a little bit apprehensive about it. But I said, you know what, no, this is a great opportunity for us to share the gospel. So I'll give you more information, but I just want to put that out there that something is coming forth for the gathering church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's pray. Let's get right into the word this morning. Man, I know we spent the time far, but we had a good time celebrating the goodness of Jesus. Father in heaven, we come before you today and we thank you for this time, Father. We thank you for allowing us to come here to worship you in your house, God of all places, to give you thanks, Lord God, for your mercy for your kindness, for your love that abounds, oh God, so beautifully every day, Lord. Father, we just ask that you would just anoint this time as we will go into your word, that you would speak to us, oh God, fresh word today, revelation today. No matter whether we're single, we're married, oh God, or somewhere in between, <laughs> Father, we pray that you would give us direction, give us instruction, give us correction, if you will, that we might learn to do things your way, even now, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Today, I'm going to be talking about finding the one. Finding the one. Now, I love talking about these type of situations in, in, in terms of relationships because I've seen a couple of my college students already get married. Amen. They were sitting here single, listening, amen, to this message. Now they're engaged, they're married, 
Some have children coming, just different things. So I'm just amazed to see what God has done, amen, and how people have been blessed by the word of God because I think many times we are fearful as Christians to deal with topics such as marriage and and sex and, and being single. These have been taboo issues in the church for so long, but the same issues that are happening in the world are the same issues that are happening in the church. The, the divorce rate is not lower in the church. In some instances, it's even higher in the church. Because as Christians, we love to cover everything with a thank you, Lord, and a hallelujah. And sometimes we're so heavily minded that we're no earthly good. And so we lack the capability. We lack the skills. We lack the resources that are needed to have and build a healthy relationship. One of the key things with Christians, we like to avoid stuff. We don't like to deal with it. You know, we say, no, you're not going to trouble my spirit today. I'm in God's house. I'm going to focus on the Lord. And we just keep on putting things on the back burner, and we don't deal with it. But sooner or later, you come to a breaking point that you and everybody's wondering, what happened? What happened to them? What happened to her? What happened to him? It's because we didn't deal with it. So I want to talk about finding the one today because I think so many times everybody is looking for the one. How do you know that that's the one? Is there really a one? Because some of you, you had a one, a two, a three. You, some of you are on number ten right now because you've been searching, looking for love in all the wrong places. Is looking for love. And you keep searching. You're like, is, could this be it? Could this be it? He that finds a wife finds her. If he finds it, that means he's searching. He's looking. Something going on. Is she the one? Is that the one? Is that the one? And so we, we, we deal with this whole thing of, of, of finding the one. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 19, verse 5 through 6, it says, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer (laughs) two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder, King James, or let no man separate. Amen. God is the one that puts the two, and he makes them how do we find the one? Some of us believe to be really fulfilled in life, you have to find the one. And, and, and that's a great statement. Because some of us were on a quest. I know when I was a single brother, amen, yes, I was single once, amen. When I was a single man, amen, and I, I, I was, you know, my teenage years, coming to my early 20s, I knew for me I had to be married young. So I said, Lord, I'm a passionate brother. And I said, if you don't send some help, I'm going to help myself. So I, can, can I be real? So y'all quiet. See, am I in the wrong church this morning, Sister Maria? Amen. I said, Lord, you got to send some help. So I, there was always a desire to get married young. But the thing was, I was fearful because I saw some brothers, amen, in church marry some of these, some of these crazy women. I'm just like, how did he marry her? Oh, my God. And you know, you can just see them walking in the church. And you know this just strife and contention. You're just like, oh, my God. We got to pray for them. Oh, Lord. How y'all doing? We all right. We blessed and highly favored. Like, no, it's so wrong. Or, 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 or the, the, the flip side scenario, sister girl is looking for a brother in the church. And most churches, the women outweigh the brothers anyway. So she's like, God, you're taking too long. I don't see any brothers in this church because it's like two women to every brother, so I'm going to go outside the church. I'm going to go to the nightclub and get Tyrone and bring him to church on Sunday. Maybe he'll get saved. And then Tyrone will come to church for six months while he's courting you. And as soon as he says, I do, and you say, I do, you don't see Tyrone no more. Because Tyrone was just trying to get the goody goods. The yum yum gumdrops. You know, men, we are hunters. 
So we'll do anything we need to do to get you. That's why many women have issues with men after they get married, because before they got married, he was so romantic. He would write me letters. He would send me emails. He would tweet me in the middle of the day. He would call me. He would send flowers. I'm married. I can't even get him to pour me a cup of water. What's that about? Because we haunt you that the mind says, we got you. You ain't going nowhere. I got the ring. I could do the dang. Come on. And that's the mindset that we have. It is sad. It's, am I talking right this morning? Y'all quiet. Y'all can't handle this. I need to make it sweeter. We have this, this idea. To really be fulfilled in life, you have to find the one. People today are getting married later in life with more reservations and with less success. Many people who are getting married today, they're not getting married young anymore. They get married older, older, older. They are. They are. They get married older. And what's happening is they're getting older, but you, you, you hear the old saying, as you get older, you get more stuck in your ways. See, when you get married young, you grow together. But when you get married older, you already, you already made up in your mind certain things you ain't going to do with. You, you can't tolerate certain things. So when you get married... But it's just like, oh, this joker is what? And she's like this, like, I don't know. And so the tolerance level is so low. I'm not saying it can't work. Amen? Because we see, we, we, we have people in the church who have gotten married older in life. And God has blessed them. But it takes, it takes grace. First of all, we've got to have the grace of God. You can't do it without grace. Amen? Where would I be without your grace? Amen? Thank God for grace. But it takes a lot of work. But we have this mindset. I was watching even a television commercial, and I, and I was telling my wife, I said, look at this. It's a commercial about women not getting pregnant. And basically it was just saying, women, you can have options. And show these women in this little store, and they're looking around, and they see a house. They see a cruise. So, so basically they're shopping for life. Oh, I'm going to cruise. And then there's a little stalk, a little bird with a, with a little basket, little baby, chasing them around in the store saying, have a baby. And she's like, now nah, that could wait. I don't want no baby. I'm going to live my life. And I said, honey, what type of message are we sending? What type of message are they sending to the world by doing that? I, I'm all for women having options. Believe me. But now we're in a, in a society today where women don't even want to have kids no more. They don't even want to raise kids no more. They don't, they want, to, they, they, they don't want to do it anymore. And, 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 and it's, I, I really believe it's this mindset that's creeping in. This is really anti-Christ, to be honest with you, in terms of, 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 his, of, of his ideology to stop us from having fruitful marriages. Because everybody wants to have their cake and eat it too. And so we have this, this, this struggle because as Christians... We're in the world, but we're not of the world. But we find ourselves many times in a battle between doing it God's way and doing it the world's way. The world's way says have sex before marriage. Try it, you know, try out the dress before you buy the dress, right? God says don't even go that way, amen. Don't even look, don't even look in that direction, amen. And trust me. Hold on, be holy, for I'm holy. But we have a battle going on. The word's way says cohabitate, live together, see how it feels, see if this, see if this is the person you really want to be with, and if you don't want to be with him, then go to somebody else. God's way is hold on, trust me. Move together once you say I do. Experience each other once we say I do, once you say I do. And so we have this mindset, and many in the world would say that this mindset, oh, that's so old, that's so ancient. Ah, y'all possibly can't do that. Oh, come on, that, that, that is so five centuries ago. You, don't, you can't do anything like that. And so we have this battle going on. And so we can't even find the one because we're going through, we're going through the ones that we think are the ones so quickly. 
No. And we're being picky. I don't want no one like that. He has to be tall and dark and handsome. I want, I want him with six feet. I want, I, I, want, I, ooh, I, want, I want a man who got pigeon feet and pigeon toes. I think it's cute the way his pants. Come on. We get down to foolish stuff like that. Oh, no, he got to have chinky eyes, girl. I want someone with chinky eyes. Yes. No, one I want, he got to be going to, he has to be a doctor because, you know, I want to marry some money because, you know, I don't have that much money in my family. And I want someone to take care of me because he has to get my head done every two weeks and my nails done. So I need him to help me out. I'll just be his little trophy wife, you know. And, and so, and so we, we, we narrow it down to these different types of scenarios. And this is our little wish list and this is what we want. And we never find the one. First, we have to understand the one that the, the one that God has for you is not going to fit the bill on everything. Because guess what? You don't fit the bill on everything. <laughs> There's some stuff, man. She's saying, "Lord, I didn't know He was dealing with that, but okay, Lord, this is the one. All right, I'll submit. Come on, it's the truth. You'll never find one person who's a hundred percent." One of the things I taught you years ago, you, there is no such thing as the one. You become the one. Again, it's growing together. It's growing together. The things that you might not like about your spouse or might not like about that person that you are courting might be the very thing that you love in the future. <laughs> what makes them unique, what makes them special, what makes you love them even more. Let's talk about the spiritual side of relationships. Matthew 22, verse 37 to 39 says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as as yourself. So let's set a foundation here. We're searching for the one. We, 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 we want to know, Lord, is this the person that you want me to be with? When I first saw um, Pastor Alverna, amen, the first time I saw it was in teen church. Amen. And she's come to teen church. Now, Pastor Alverna always could dress. I mean, as a teenager, she was wearing, you know, some, you know, nice designer stuff. You know, other girls came with jeans on. You know, we, 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 we had an urban, urban term in, 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 in where I was from called, I don't know if y'all heard this term, chicken head. Y'all heard that term before? It's a, Brother Gates, I'm sorry. I know that's not your generation. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. We had the term called chicken head. So chicken heads, amen, were just, just girls who was just straight up, what we would say ghetto, who was just out there, loud, obnoxious, you know, unruly disrespectful at times, and that was the, that was the urban term, amen, for, for, for that. But Pastor Vernon wasn't like that. This was a woman, they were all coming dressed with jeans and stuff on. She'll come dressed with her, her, her Liz Clavon, amen, come with her Lord and Taylor stuff on. I'm like, this, I said, this, this girl is classy. Something about this girl. I'm like, okay. You know, but I thought she was kind of stuck up. So I'm just like, okay. You know, because I, I said, she, she's stuck up. I'm, you know, I said, them island people, they don't want to talk to nobody. They act like they're all stuck up. They, they say hi, they just, hi. And just walk. I'm like, oh, I said, okay, she's no island folk. I said, all right. I ain't doing no island folk. I need to get me a, maybe I need to get me a ghetto girl. I said, around the way girl. What else? Who just said, around the way girl? Come on, bamboo earrings, what? At least two pair. Come on. Yeah, I'm dating myself. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. I was like, okay, maybe she, I said, yeah, maybe yeah, she acting kind of standoffish. Come on, you know how your girls can be. You know, like, how you doing? Hi. Mm-hmm. You be talking with your girlfriends, ignoring him and everything. I'm like, okay. I said, forget about that then. You know. But the more I got to see her, and what really drew me to her was the transformation that God was doing in her life. Because I saw her in one place, and then I saw her in another place where I saw God transforming her. There were many Sundays I would see her up on the altar as a teenager, crying out to God, shedding tears, recommitting her life to Christ, worshiping the Lord. 
and then being committed to God on, the, on, on, on our choir, that we were on a youth choir together, and being committed to the Lord and hear her to give testimonies about what God is doing in her life and her family and her school and, and all these different things. And I'm just like, hmm, something about her. Okay. Okay, something interesting about her. And then this person who I thought was stuck up, all of a sudden just became real sweet and real nice. Now, I don't know if God did a work on my heart that I received her that way or she was really like that and God did something with her. I don't know. But I just know something shifted, something changed. And this, well, I was a teenager. And I remember it was a Saturday morning. I'll never forget it. Went to the choir rehearsal. We were preparing for our big gospel concert. So we had rehearsals on Saturday so we could be the best that we could be. So I went to that morning. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you're going to pray for someone today. I said, okay, Lord, who am I going to pray for? He said, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to show you. I said, okay. So I get there, and we're all about to close out in prayer. And I said, okay, someone's going through such and such and such and such in their home. And everybody got quiet. Just got quiet. So I said, nobody is going through their home? Because my thing is, I know I heard the Lord. And so one person stuck their head up. Tears started coming down their face. And here comes Alverna, running over to console the sister. It's going to be all right. And so we just began to pray for this sister because she was going through in her home. And as as I was praying, I said quietly in my heart, I said, Lord, I want a wife like that someday. I want someone who can minister like that along my side. This was a prep of 17-year-old. I said, Lord, I want a wife like that. Did not know that he's going to actually give me that wife like that. (laughs) And then from that day forth, things just begin to culminate. The relationship changed, and the rest is history. Amen. And here she is, ministering along my side, a wife like that. You have to understand The one you need to seek for first is not a human person. It's Jesus. Finding the one, Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one. It would not have been helpful for me to marry someone if I was not whole. People say, oh, marriage is 50-50. No, marriage is 100-100. You have to come home. She has to come home. And if you have unresolved issues and things from your past that you have not dealt with, you're going to cause trouble in your marriage. Jesus is the one. I believe God blessed me with my wife because I put him first. I trusted him. I didn't try all the tactics that us brothers do to try to get a girl. Having a silver tongue. Talking the good game. You know, we all got our game face, right, brothers? How you doing? My name is Brother Caleb. Yeah, I work with the audio board. I'm over the audio team here. Yeah. Yeah, I've been here a number of years. I used to go to school here. Oh, that's my car. That's a BMW. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The Lord has been really good to me, sister. God is so good. I just appreciate all that he's doing in my life. Yeah. So we, I go to Rutgers University. Yeah. yeah I have, oh, no, I have my own place. No, no, I don't live in no camp. I have my own place. I have my own job. Yeah. I have a couple of, yeah, you know, I'm, in a, I'm doing a couple of investments now. You know, because I believe in multiple streams of income. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope to see you next Sunday. God bless you, sister. You got an email list? You got a card? Oh, here's my card. Let me give you my card. Call me. I'm just messing with you. But that's the game face. We laid all the poker chips out on the table and said, this is what you're going to get, girl. This is what it's going to look like. And she's like, wow. He's an entrepreneur, and he loves the Lord, 
and Greyjoy, BMW. Hello, ching ching jackpot. That's what I've been praying for. God is he educated girl. He got his education. Girl, God is good. I've been praying. I think I think he's the one girl. I think he's the one. I think he's the one girl. He just met him one time. So, but I think he's the one. I think he's the one. Jesus is the one. <laughs> Love the Lord your God with all your heart. He's the one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Because what I love on God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, he's the one that teaches me how to love others. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, put God first. Jesus is the one. He's the one that he wants you to give everything to him first. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Your spouse is the two. She's the second one. Alverna is not the one in my house. Jesus is the one. She's the two. Now, she's the one of the house. But Jesus is the one. She's the two. The Lord teaches me how to, how to love my wife. When I love on him, he loves me back. And his loving in, 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 in God loving me, he teaches me how to love others. Because the type of love that God gives back is his agape, which is that word means unconditional love. When God gives me unconditional love, I'm able to give unconditional love to other people, starting with my spouse. He teaches me how to love. Sometimes as men, we don't know how to love our spouses. There are parts and our spouse that we, we don't even know that are there that need God's love. There's some, there's some parts in our spouses that we don't even know how to even deal with, man, if you be honest with yourself. Sometimes women say, I want more. I need more. I'm like, look, I gave all I can give. I can got no more. I'm sorry. That's it. I'm trying to talk right there. I just go got no more. That's it. That's it. No more. In terms of romance, in terms of, of being affectionate, in terms of communicating. And you know, women love to talk. And they go, no, 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 no. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't get them talking about work. Oh, my God. And you just go through all the stuff with them. And it's like, okay. All right, honey, you done? Well, you know, brothers, you can't say you're done because then, you know, they'll pop you upside the head. What you mean I'm done? Will you listen to me? Yes, dear. Your spouse is the two. Jesus would teach you how to love yourself. Wives, God would teach you how to love your husband. Your husband, he's the houseband. He's the one that holds it all together. You need to love him. You need to minister to him. Sometimes women can get so caught up, but he ain't doing for me. He ain't meeting my needs. He's not doing these things. But what are you doing for him? What is the spirit of reciprocity? In other words, what I sow, also that's what I reap. Stop waiting for someone to give. You need to give first. I need to get, someone need to give to me. I need to get. I need to get. He need to meet my needs before I meet his needs. I know the scripture says submit, but I submitted to he submit to God. Who are you? Love him deeply. Minister to him. Hard, he's a hard worker. Men are hard workers. We take a lot today. Coming home from the workplace, stressed out, overwhelmed, trying to figure out the finances, trying to make the bills meet, the end meet. Come on, I'm talking right back. Come on. Goes both ways. Both ways. Guys, put marriage together so you can fulfill and minister to each other. 
That's the key for marriage. It's not what you can get. If you're going to marriage by what you can get, oh, girl, he does this and does that, your marriage ain't going to last. That's a superficial marriage. It's going to be blown away within the first three months. You know that what happens for the first three months of your marriage dictates what the year is going to look like. What happens in the first year of your marriage is going to talk about what the next ten years of your marriage is going to look like. So if it starts off a little rocky, then you better get some stuff together because it's just going to stay rocky. Sometimes we get buried and stuff is rocky and things are happening and stuff like that and we don't pay attention to the signs around us. First question, is Jesus number one in our marriage? If he's not, then that's, that, that's the problem. Oftentimes that's the problem. Jesus is not the center. He's not the head of the marriage. Men, we try to provide for our wives, for our family. We want to leave a legacy. We want to do that. We want to do these different things. But sometimes we need to depend on God. We cannot do it all. We would drop dead trying to do it (laughs) and leave the wives and kids try to drop dead doing everything. And we're not even enjoying our family, not even enjoying our wives, not even enjoying our children. But we're killing ourselves. Just one more dollar. I just got to work this out. Just got to do just one more day, just one more hour. And then your life is gone. And you've missed out your whole time with your family. One of the things the Lord showed me when I first got married, he said, okay, that's nice. You're the head of the home. But he said, let me be the provider. Because, you know, we hear the thing, man, 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 you're the provider. Provide for your wife. Provide. But I can't provide nothing unless God provides for me first. I can't make something out of nothing. So unless God is providing for me, I can't provide for her, and she can't provide for the kids. It's an order. It's an order. Jesus is the one, your spouse is the two. Pursuing marriage more than pursuing God is idolatry. Pursuing God, pursuing marriage, excuse me, more than pursuing God is idolatry. God has to be first. God has to be first. And, it, and, and, and let me encourage you, when God does this to one of your way, don't put that person in front of God because you're going to get in trouble. It ain't going to work. Because some of us, you know, we pick God first to God bring somebody and then we ig God or ig means ignore him. And then we don't really connect with God the way we used to connect. Because we got somebody, I got a man now. He can hug me and rub me. Yeah, he can do all that stuff, yeah. Brothers, oh, I'll pray later. I'm going to call my girlfriend, Sasha. How you doing, boo? And we don't take that time. Put God first. Put God first. I don't care if, I don't care if your spouse is here, your spouse is not here. You can put God first. The Bible says the saved spouse sanctifies the household. You don't even need two to agree. You just need one just to get right with God. And God will sanctify the whole household. And if the joker want to go, say goodbye. God bless you. That means you can move on. That's what the scripture says. Am I right, Pastor? That's what the scripture says. You're in a marriage and it's not working and you keep bumping your head. You're trying to work it out. And a person don't want to do anything. You can't kick the person out. Sanctify your home. You be the one, Lord, I give you this household. I give you my marriage. I give you everything. Whatever you want to do, you do. And if he want to stay or she want to stay, then you can't do nothing. The person wants to stay. You try to work it out. If the person don't want to stay, say, God bless you. May the Lord wash between me and me while we're absent from one another. God bless you. Come on. Bible, the Bible says God wants us to dwell together in peace. If there's no peace, first of all, your home is your place of rest. If there's no peace in your home, that means you got no rest, ladies and gentlemen. And I can't be lazy, but like I'm sleeping in the bed with the enemy. I can't, uh-uh, that's not God's will. I don't know what he or she is bringing home to me. I don't know nothing. If I have questions, I need to be able to communicate with my spouse. So before you, before you get married, make sure you have a great communication dialogue with them. 
First of all, make sure they say, how about that? Because I've seen Christians do some foolish stuff. My wife got a text this morning of a married couple saying, please pray for me. You know what it is. I wake up my wife's up at night. You got a text again, babe. Here you go. Because we don't do it right. We don't want to go on no counseling. We don't want to get it right. So we're afraid that if we go to counseling, we're going to be exposed. I don't want to know what in my, I don't want the past in my business. Especially men. I ain't going to no counseling. Women quick to go, Pastor. 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 Pray for my marriage. I'm going through. I don't fucking take it anymore. Can you talk to him, Pastor, please? I don't even know if he loves me anymore, Pastor. But two years ago, three years ago, six months ago before you got married, you want to go to counseling? No, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. But now it's Pastor. Please. You try, to get the, you try to get the other spouse to come and talk. I don't want to know. I don't want them to know. And I've seen so many times people marry someone. Remember, you become the one. So it's not like, okay, you married the wrong person. There's no such thing as marrying the wrong person. Yes, there needs to be compatibility. Yes, it needs to be things that you want in a spouse. The attributes, the, the different things need to be present. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the thing is, when you get married, you become the will of God, first of all. So it's like, Lord, is it your will? If you didn't see God for his will, if you get a yes or no, and you still get married, guess what? It becomes the will of God. There's no such thing, well, I don't think that's the one God will be married, so I can step out of this marriage because the grass looks greener on the other side. It will always look greener on the other side. I told you before, but the grass looks greener on the other side. It's time to water your lawn. Water your lawn, people. Get the hose out and water it down. Get some seeds, sow some seeds, and meet some, oh, come on. And meet some needs, come on. When the grass starts looking green on the other side, you better spice that thing up. Single folk, come on now, you're holding on and stuff like that. And you see all these married folk around here, everybody, you know, all my friends started getting married. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to get married. I'm getting kind of well, what's, what's going to happen for me? You know, Lord, <laughs> people having kids now and stuff, and the love bug is still like everybody's getting bit by the love bug but me. Come on. Pastor, am I talking right? You're the last of the bunch, right? <laughs> I said, tease Pastor. I said, when are you going to get married? He said, I don't know when I'm going to get married. <laughs> but you have to hold on. It's not easy. Come on, it's not easy. Come on, we, 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 we. When you are alone, it's lonely sometimes. Come on, let's be real. Sometimes you want a companion. It's not all about the physical stuff. Because we quick to say, oh, you just want to relax. You just want. It's not about that stuff. It's about having a companion, someone to share life with. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. But it has to be done in God's timing. Because sometimes we could think we're ready for it, and we're really not ready for it. We're really not ready for it. We're really not ready for it. So as single people, what you do? You hang out with other single people. You fellowship. You go to Super Bowl parties this afternoon. You hang out with the rest of Come on. You, you hang out. You put yourself in a community so you not feel like you're out there by yourself and you're left alone. That's what you need to do. You know? Because some of us, we just, you know, kind of withdraw and become very reclusive and kind of live by ourselves and just woe is me. And that's not the type of heart and mindset that God would want us to have. You know, for some of us who are married, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we, we want to do things together with our spouse, but sometimes our spouse don't want to do things together. I know when I first got married, my wife, let's go on walks. Let's go here. Let's go. I don't want to do all that stuff. You go ahead. You're the adventurous one. You go ahead. But I want to go with my husband. And I want to go with my husband. And we're going to have a picnic in, a picnic in the park. I'm going to get on the ground and the grass. What? Come on, sometimes you have things your spouse don't want to do. Honey, let's go to technology fair. Technology fair. Let's go to the Apple store. The Apple store. Come on, let's go to Best Buy. Come on. That's my toy store. Come on, let's go. Because she knows once we get in the Apple store, 
She might just going to have a seat somewhere because I'm going to be there <laughs> for, uh, for a minute. How about that? <laughs> Come on, but we, you, you have to give and take. You have to give and take. Pursuing marriage more than pursuing God is idolatry. Bible says in Exodus 33, verse 14, Do not worship any other gods. For the Lord, whose name is, whose name is Jealous. Wow. Wow. His name is Jealous. Okay, he's Alpha and Omega. He's Jehovah Jireh. No, he's Jealous. Whose name is Jealous. He's a Jealous God. In other words, he don't want no one else having the attention that's due him. He's jealous. Come on, you know you've been like that in a relationship. When I was at the dinner table, I heard zzzz. Oh, God. Wife pulls out the crackberry, I call it. And I'm talking, and she. I'm like, hello, this is our date night. Um. Can you put that formal, put that job stuff away that is so rude? What happened? I get jealous. That's our time. God gets like that. Hello, turn off that television. This is our time. Get on your knees. Come on, put the music on. Let's go. I want to talk to you. Hello, I'm trying to get your attention. Why my days like it's gone wrong? God's trying to get your attention. His name is Jealous. Whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. He's a jealous God. Exodus 33, 14, another version says, You must worship no other gods, but only the Lord, for he is God who is passionate about his relationship with you. Who is passionate about his relationship with you. Are you passionate about the Lord? Is he one in your life today? Or is he two, three, four, five? He's somewhere down the line. He needs to be numero uno, number one today. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So you might ask the question, when should I marry then, Pastor? When, when, when should I get married? First of all, when you secure your relationship with Christ. When you are securing your relationship with God, number one, if that is, if, it, if it's wishy-washy, especially for my brothers, women, women are relational by nature. So many times, it's more easier for them to have a daily devotional life. If men who are not relational by nature, um, we have the trouble keeping our commitment to Christ. We get distracted easy. We look at that one thing and we're like, uh, oh, a bird. Oh, this. We just get so distracted. And so it's hard for us to maintain our relationship with God. When should you get married? When you're sure. When you're showing your relationship with God. See, one of the responsibilities for a Christian marriage is that the husband is the priest. He is the spiritual leader. He is the pastor of the home. He is the leader. He's not just the man because he's the man. No, no. God has made him not just a physical leader, but a spiritual leader. When your wife goes through something, when my wife goes through something, honey, can you pray for me? Why do you want me to pray for you? Because you are my covering. And that's why I challenge men to rise up. Be the covering for your spouse. If your spouse is not performing to her fullness, then it's your fault that she's not doing that. Your job is to cultivate her. Your job is to push her into destiny. That's your job. When I got married to my wife, she was just some quiet little praise dancing in the back. I said, no, God got more on you than that, honey. He got more on you than that. I don't know what it is, but there's something more. I encouraged her. I pushed her. No, no, no. You, how about, I feel like that you're supposed to share the message on Sunday. 
Me share the message. I don't know about no, no, about no preaching. No, mm-mm, mm-mm. That's your job. Mm-mm. I didn't, I didn't have. I didn't, mm-mm, mm-mm. I said, no, I really feel like you need to share the message on Sunday. Share the message blew the house away. And step by step, God was revealing to her her pastoral call. Step by step. A teacher, educator. I said, honey, have you thought about maybe administration? It's more on you. No, I just want to stay in the classroom. I don't want to deal with all the politics and, 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 and administration of a school. Where she's at now? She's the director of a program. She's operating like a principal. Who get the, God get the glory, but push. Gotta push your spouse. She pushed me. I'm like, honey, I don't want to do no I don't know about this. I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to call it quits. I'm, I, 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 this pastor nigga is too much. Now nah, I, can't, I can't do this. No, honey, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. That's what he wants. You have to push. And you have to encourage. When should you marry? When you know in your heart. How do you know that that's the one? When God leads you. Step by step. God will always send confirmation. I'm telling you. He will always send confirmation. Always send confirmation. He will let you know. He will show you. Come on. He'll show you. Pastor Vernon and us got together. We were together for two and a half years. Then we broke up for two and a half years. We were just friends. We're married today. We're going to go through a process. Some of you might be separated from someone that you... Have affection for. Don't let that stop you. That's what God put in your heart. That's what God put in your heart. He will let you know. He wants somebody. How do you know? He wants someone who would glorify. He wants you to have someone who would glorify him. Together. But God brought my wife and I together so we could glorify him. Our marriage represents Christ. When you come together, your marriage represents Christ. It represents Jesus and his bride. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. We're mirroring what Christ has done for the church. What did he do? He gave himself up for her. Someone told me marriage is a ministry. When you're married, you're there to minister to each other and to minister together. That's what it's about. If that's not your focus for marriage, then you need, you need to really regroup. That needs to be your focus. I want somebody who I can glorify God with. I'm not talking about a song and a dance. I'm talking about being purposeful. Yes, we do have times we glorify the Lord in song and singing and shout. That's what I good stuff too. Awesome having a, a prayer partner in the morning. Come on. Sometimes I don't feel like praying. I'm like, all right, honey, you lead it out. You lead it out. I say, you dial up. You dial up. I hang up the phone. You dial up. Like, Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. And other times I'm like, Lord, I just thank you. I praise you. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah, amen, amen. Honey, you went to sleep on me? Mm, I'm here. Amen, amen, amen. Your prayer partner, your buddy. It's good to have that stuff. He wants you to glorify him together with, with, with your spouse. That's what it's about. If that's not your focus, that needs to be your focus. You need to pray that it becomes your focus. Fast, I'm looking for the one. The one is Christ. Find him first. Don't get caught up with the world and their way of doing things. Because you'll see 10 years from now, 5 years from now, maybe even 3 years from now, you'll see the effect of their choices versus your God choices. You'll see a big difference. You're in college, some of the girls you're hanging out with who's doing crazy things or whatever, they might not make it to get their degree. 
They might wind up pregnant or have to have an abortion or do crazy things because they jacked up their lives. When you do it God's way, you will always be blessed. Always be blessed. You will always be blessed when you do it his way. It's when you don't do it his way that you feel like you got to cover for him. <laughs> you got to cover for him. Why? Why are you trying to cover for God? Because you didn't do it his way. So you're trying to act like you got the blessed life, but you really don't. But you're falling apart and tearing at the seams. I challenge to you, and I'm closing. If I could say it in a couple words, put God first. He is number one. It's all right to have a desire to be with somebody. I don't care how old. I don't care if you five or hundred and five. My grandma is 71 years old. I said, Grandma, she's a widow. I said, Grandma, do you still desire to be with somebody? She said, of course I still desire to be with somebody. Are you crazy? I said, you do at 70? You still desire? She said, yes. She said, you back someone older than me? Because I'm still, I'm still a woman. I said, oh, sorry, Grandma, sorry. Okay. That desire is still there. That desire still there. It don't go to sleep. It doesn't go to sleep. It's still there. And doing and, and when I'm talking about, I'm not talking about anything physical. I'm just talking about the need for relationship to connect. It's nice to connect with people. It's nice to connect with people. That's what I mean. He wants us to. If that's your desire, what, no matter what age you are, he can grant the desires of your heart. No matter what mistakes you've made or what setbacks you have and all that stuff, God can erase the record, people. Believe me, take it for someone who knows. He can't erase the record. That's why I was shouting for the blood of Jesus just a few moments ago. Because the blood of Jesus is the eraser. He erases the record. And you can start afresh in him. David messed up big time. But his prayer was, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit away from me, but restore unto me the joy of my salvation. That's the type of heart David had. And God loved it. Have you ever heart after God today the way he did? David put God first. I'm telling you, God will do it. God will do it. Let's pray. Let's pray. This message was for you this morning. Just stand up. Amen. Married, single, somewhere in between, stand up. Single again, divorced, whatever. Stand up. That's you. We want to pray that God is first. And I'm going to have Pastor Verna come and pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord God, for the opportunity just to come before your throne of grace and mercy, Lord God. Father, we recognize that within ourselves, Lord, we are weak. But in moments of weakness, you are made strong, Lord God. You are strong, Lord. Father, and you can take us through whatever it is, Lord God, wherever we find ourselves, Lord. Whether it be in need, Lord God, desiring, Lord God. Father, to be with someone, Lord, or design the companionship of someone, Father, or whether it is, Lord God, that we find ourselves, Lord God, in a place where we are in marriage, Lord, but in need, Lord God, of more of your love, Lord, so that we can love, Lord God, the one that you have already given to us. So, Father, we ask today, Lord Jesus, that you would cleanse us, O oh God, that you forgive us, O oh God. Father, in moments, Lord God, when we try to take matters into our own hands, Lord, when we try to fix it ourselves, Lord Jesus, instead of seeking you first, Lord, Father, we thank you today that you are the best counselor that there is, that you are the best healer that there is. And where we are broken, we ask for healing. Father, where we've been torn apart, Lord God, and, and Father, we ask for wholeness. 
Father, in those areas where we find ourselves in deficit, Lord God, we ask that you would fill us up. Oh, Father, even in our mindsets, God, sometimes we just don't know exactly what perspective to take on things, whether it be in conversation or dialogue, oh God. Father, we ask today that you will give us your wisdom. He said, if any man lacks wisdom, let me ask of God who gives it freely. And so we ask of it today, Lord, so that we can communicate effectively, Lord God, with those around us, those who are in relationship with us, and those, Lord God, that we're looking forward to having a relationship with, Lord, based upon your will for our lives and theirs. Father, we don't want to take anyone else's husband or anyone else's wife, God, as our own. But we want the one, Lord Jesus, that you, Lord God, would see most fit for us. And for those of us, Lord God, who you're blessed, Lord God, with celibacy. Help us, Lord Jesus, not to look down on those who do want to get married or vice versa, God. But help us to to be content in whatever state we find ourselves. Whether we're waiting for someone, whether we're in relationship with someone, or whether right now you have us all alone with you. Each state has its pros and cons, Father. And we pray today, Lord, that you would show us how to make the most of every opportunity, no matter what the life stage that we find ourselves in. So have your way today, Lord. Anoint us afresh with strength for the journey. In our hearts, in our area of sexual desire, in our communication, Strengthen us so that we can continue to live holy and consecrated lives unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. You was given, amen, a program when you walked in. There's a connection card I just want you to get now. Amen. And I just want you to fill that out. I want to pray for you this week. I want to challenge you. Where is God? Is he number one? What number would he be in your life right now? Where are you in terms of maybe searching or praying about finding the one, that individual? I want to pray for you. I encourage you this week. Invite somebody else to come out next week. It's going to be awesome. We're going deeper. We're going deeper. During week four, it's going to be, we're not going to preach on the, on the last day of this message. We're going to have a Q&A session right here on a Sunday morning. Amen. So we, we, we're looking forward. Amen. If you're seeking, and you know other people who are seeking, who are looking, you, have mar- you know some marriages that need some encouragement. Amen. You know some singles that need some encouragement. Invite them to come out. I'm encouraging you. Let's, let's go all the way. It's about going all the way this year in our relationships. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to prepare themselves, but I'm going to pray as you prepare your hearts to give the offering. Amen. If I can offer this afternoon. Just a quick reminder, Super Bowl party. Amen. I look forward to seeing you there this afternoon. We're going to have a great time. Amen. A good time at the Gates House. We're going to have a, some great food there and all of the stuff you can think of. It's going to be a blessing. So I encourage you to come on out and join us this afternoon. You, you, you don't want to miss it. Amen. So who, we, who, who are we going for this year, Gathering? Oh, Lord. Green and yellow or black and yellow? Which one? <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out in a few hours, amen, who the winner's going to be. But amen. Let's pray, and I'll give the benediction. The worship team will come and can pray your hearts to give um, your offering. Father in heaven, we thank you. We praise you for just this time of going in your word, of understanding that you want to be number one. Even in a sense of relationship, you, you want that for us. You put that desire in us, oh God. It's not something that we need to be afraid of or shy. You put it there. So help us, Father God, even now, as we want to go all the way, as we complete week one and, and proceed to week two. God, we want to go all the way in our relationships. 
Bless the offering now, Father, as we would give out our, our seeds, Lord God, as we will sow these seeds in the ground, Father. We're believing you for a mighty harvest for the gathering church. God, the things that you put on our hearts to do, oh God, and we know it takes resources. We know it takes money to do it, Father. It takes money to be here every Sunday, Lord. And you have provided. You have never failed us yet. And I know that you have never failed your people, Father. So, Lord, I pray provision for each and every individual here today, that you will bless them as they will sow a seed this morning, Lord. I pray that you will keep them. I pray for their relationships. I pray, oh God, for the marriages, Lord God, in the house this morning. I pray you will cover each and every home here today. As the faces differ, so does the needs, God. And I pray that you will meet their needs according to your all-sufficient grace in the name of Jesus, God. Those who are not in a place to give, provide for them so they can give. You have called us all to give. Father, in our time and our resources and our and our, our talents, you've called us all to give. So help us to give today and give us that what we need to give, Lord. Your word says you provide seed for the sower. So we thank you for the seed today. Bless us as we will leave this place, Lord. Never from you. Cover us and keep us. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.